2 Timothy 4, I'd like to begin reading with verse number 6. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Let us pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, as I bow before you, I thank you for another privilege to stand before your people. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for your presence with us and how we need you tonight. And I pray you direct us in all that uh, I may say tonight. Lord, help me to be a blessing, to be a help, to be a challenge and encouragement to your people tonight. Meet the need of every heart, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I, I want to speak to you on the subject of ready. Webster defines ready, means to be prepared, fit for immediate use, quick, out, available, accessible, at hand, willing, and inclined. So those are various meanings of what it means to be ready. Uh, Peter said that he was ready, but he wasn't. In Luke twenty-two thirty-three, and he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. Uh, he thought he was ready, but he wasn't. You know, sometimes we, when everything's going well, we may say, well, I, I think I'm ready to face whatever. Uh, but we many times are not ready, and he wasn't ready. The Lord says, before the cock crow, you'll deny me three times. Now Paul was ready in Acts 21, 13. Then Paul answered, What mean you to weep and to break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And as they were warning him against what may befall him, in Jerusalem, he says, I am ready to be bound and to die if necessary. So he tells us here in writing to this young preacher, Timothy, he said, I am ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. Now what a wonderful thing to be able to face the end of life, face death, face eternity, and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to be offered. I'm ready to go. And I believe that uh, that's possible. Uh, it doesn't always happen that way, but I believe it's possible to get to that position uh, that we can look forward to it. And in, as I mentioned Peter there. At that time, Peter wasn't ready. Later, he became ready. Uh, you find as uh, he talks about his coming to cease in, in one of his letters, our first or second Peter. I can't remember which one. Uh, but... Uh, he was ready. He wasn't ready then, but he was ready when the time came. And Paul said, I'm ready. Now as we think of that, of this thought of being ready, we like to apply it not just only to the end of life, but to life itself, to the Christian journey, to the Christian life. And first of all, we need to be ready for war or ready to fight. Verse 7, I have fought a good fight. You know, the Christian life is warfare. And the sooner we understand that, the better off we'll be. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I preached a message one time years ago 
about the gravy train. And it's not a gravy train, is it? The Christian life is a battlefield, and it's a war, and we need to understand that. Now, if you'll turn back to 1 Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19, he said, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, whole in faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Now, tomorrow is a memorial day, and we talked about that this morning, about memorials. And here he uses a comparison between the army and all in verse 18 and the navy in verse 19. He talks about making shipwreck. Verse 18 talks about warring a good warfare. And here he's encouraging this young preacher uh, that the, the journey that God has called him into is going to be a battle. It's going to be a war. And we need to understand that. Sometimes I become weary, and yet the Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing. But uh, sometimes you get so tired of fighting, don't you? And you just wish the battle then. And about the time you win one battle, there's another battle waiting on you. And uh, the devil comes at you from another, uh, you know, uh, another place. And it's, it's a battle, I believe, from here to glory. And he said, I fought a good fight. So he encourages Timothy at the beginning. He said, war a good warfare. And he's able to testify when he's ready to end the journey. He said, I have fought a good fight. I can look back on my Christian experience, and I've, I've fought a good fight. I've stayed with it. Now, Ephesians tells us in uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse, uh, verse number 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is our enemy. Then in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I want you to look there please with me. 2 Corinthians 10 and uh, verse uh, 3 through 5. And we, we're in a battle, yes. We're at war. But uh, we don't have to fight the battle alone. Thank God for that. Jesus has promised to go with us. And uh, he says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so notice he says, we do, we do not war after the flesh. Our weapons are mighty through God that uh, we can depend on the Lord to see us through this uh, battlefield uh, that we're in. So there's a war to fight. In the book of Numbers 32, I'll not turn there, but uh, you have the story of the two tribes, the, the tribe of Reuben and the tribe of Gad. Uh, they says, uh, we're not going to go over Jordan. We have cattle and this is a land for cattle and uh, we will stay on this side of Jordan. And uh, Moses, of course, rebukes them for this. 
And in verse 6, he said, Shall your brethren go to war? And shall ye sit here? And uh, of course they say, What we'll do, we'll have our women and our children stay here, and the men of war will go across and fight the battles, and we will join hands with uh, the other ten tribes until all the victory has been won. And then we'll come back to our possession. And he said, uh, if you'll do that, then that will be all right. But he, that verse that's quoted many times, if you do not, just remember this, be sure your sin will find you out. Amen. And, uh, but, uh, you know, we all need to be involved in this battle, don't we? Uh, and uh, it's a battle for everybody. There's a, there's a work for all to do. And uh, uh, so it's a war. And I think that's the reason many people become traitors. I think many start and quit and give up in the battle. You know, the Bible said there's no discharge in this war. Uh, you know, this war is going to last till we leave this world and, and we meet the Lord. There's no place to quit. There's no place to throw in the towel. Amen. If a person's out on the battlefield, what, would, what happens in the military? If, if you're engaged in warfare and someone runs and says, I'm not fighting, they can be court-martialed and brought to trial. And yet, uh, you know, in, in, the Lord's, in the Lord's business, how many have thrown in the towel and quit and said, I'm weary, I, I'm tired of fighting, I'm tired of the battle, I'm going home. Uh, I don't want to be one of those. And I pray God will help me. Uh, but, but for the grace of God, I'd have quit a long time ago. But uh, uh, I give all glory to God that I'm still in the battle. And I hope I stay in the battle till Jesus comes. But uh, uh, he said, shall your brethren go to war and shall you sit here? There's a song that, that says, keep on the firing line. And... Uh, uh, has, has a lot of good things to say in that song. If you're in the battle for the Lord and right, keep on the firing line. And uh, I can't remember anymore, I don't think here, but uh, I can remember these, they said a good message, and we need to do that. We need to stay on the front line of battle, where the action is, where the battle is. And, uh, you know, if you do anything for God, you're going to have opposition. On the, way, on the way for the devil not to bother us, just don't do nothing. Just sit back and quit and do nothing. The devil won't bother you too much. But uh, uh, if, if we try to do something for Jesus, we're going to have opposition. We're going to have a battle. We're going to have war. But Paul said, I fought a good fight. And that ought to be the testimony that we desire when we come to the end of life to be able to look back on life and say, thank God I never threw in the towel. I stayed with it. I fought a good fight. And the victory has been won. Then let's move on. Not only that, not only is there a war to fight, but there's work to be done. He said, I fought a good fight and I finished my course. Not only fight, but finish the work. And that goes along with what I've just been saying. Titus 3, 1 says, be ready to every good work. Luke 1, 17, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of the lies. Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He's talking about John the Baptist. And when his work was finished, they cut his head off. And, uh, uh, but uh, uh, John, the Baptist, John the Baptist stayed with it, didn't he? 
And you remember the story though, Herodias' uh, daughter danced before Herod there and, and uh, pleased him and, and said, what shall I give you? She said, I want the head of John the Baptist. And they brought the head of John the Baptist. But I'll tell you, he finished the job, didn't he? You say, he didn't get his job. Oh, yes, he finished. He, he said, there's one coming after me whose shoe latchet I'm not worthy to unloose. He said, I'm just a voice of one crying in the wilderness. As Scott preached about that voice. And uh, that's what I am. And, and, uh, but, our, you know, our desire ought to be, God, I want to finish the job you've called me to do. I don't want to quit. I don't want to quit half done, half finished. You know, sometimes us men are bad for that. We start something, don't finish it. <laughs> you know, start this job and start something else and got three or four things going and none of them's finished. And, and uh, you know, uh, my basement looks like a cyclone hit it and, or worse. And, and, you know, one of these days I'm going to clean it up. If I ever get around to it, you know. I remember... Uh, I remember they printed these little things around, had a little round circle and said, to it, <laughs> around to it. But uh, that's a, a favorite expression. But, but when it comes to the work of the Lord, I don't want to be like that. I want to finish the job. And uh, in Romans 3, 2, he's talking about the church of Sardis there, and one of the uh, condemnations the Lord has against them, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. And uh, he says, you have a name that you live, but you're dead. And he said, the things that remain, they're about to die. And he says, you need to finish the work. I've not found your works perfect before God. But Paul could say, I fought a good fight, and I finished the course. Finished the course. Uh, just like an athlete running the race. Uh, you know, there's obstacles in the way. And uh, there's problems along the way. But the one that wins is the one that finishes, right? right. Uh, Paul writes about that in another place. Know you not that they that run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. And the one that receives the prize is the one that crosses the finish line first. And he said, I'm in Philippians, he talks about uh, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, you know, we oughtn't to want to be second best. I've heard people say to me, you know, just so I get to heaven, that's all I care about. I don't believe that. Huh. You know, we're not like that on earth. What makes us think we'd be like that in heaven? All, all I, people say, all I want's a cabin in the corner of glory land. That's, not, that's just not true. They wouldn't be happy with a cabin. Huh. And, uh, uh, you know, I think it was B.R. Lincoln said he wanted a mansion on Hallelujah Boulevard. <laughs> he didn't want a cabin. <laughs> uh, and we should not, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with if our heart's right and our attitude's right with desiring to have the best God has available. I'm pressing toward the birth, the prize. I want the best. I want to finish the course. And Paul said, I fought a good fight and I finished my course. And then he says, thirdly, uh, I, have, uh, I have kept the faith. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course, and I've kept the faith. Now, we need to not only war and work, but we need to witness. I want you to turn to Romans 1, please. Romans chapter 1. 
and uh, verse number 14. He said, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise, so as much as in me is. Notice what it says. I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He said, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm a debtor, and I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are Rome. Now Rome was the headquarters of, of the world empire at that time. Uh, they controlled the world. And this was where Caesar was, and Caesar was worshipped as a god. But Paul said, I'm ready to preach right. to you. I've primed a debtor to the wise and to the unwise. He was going to the established. He was going to the educated. But he said, I'm a greater uh, debtor to the Greeks and the barbarians to the wise and the unwise. And he said, I'm ready to preach to you too. And uh, we have responsibility to everybody. As we noticed this morning, Christ died for everybody. He died for all men. And uh, Paul said, I am a debtor. But he could say, I've kept the faith. I've not shirked in my responsibility in sharing the faith of Jesus Christ. And uh, we need to do that. Uh, we need to be faithful in telling the story. The faith, of course, uh, you know, was the Bible talks about earnestly contending for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints uh, in the book of Jude. And the faith is, is the word of God. And he said, I have kept that faith. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 3, 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And we ought to be ready. Be ready to give an answer. Be ready to witness. Be ready to share our faith wherever it's at, on the job, in the marketplace, in the neighborhood, wherever we meet people, we ought to be telling the story of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I heard Curtis says, and I think it was one time, he said, we run over, we run over a dozen people or a hundred people trying to find somebody to witness to. He said, everybody you come in contact with has a soul that needs Jesus if they don't already have been saved. Everybody you see, everybody you see Christ died for and what are the, are the opportunities that we let slip through our hands. Many times we're too busy, you know, run here and there and rush here and there and sometimes we, we get too busy for our own good and for God's good too until we are not uh, faithful in witnessing. He said, I fought a good fight I finished my course, and I've kept the faith. I've kept the faith. I've stayed with it. I hadn't quit. I hadn't given up. You know, witnessing is one of the most discouraging things in the world. And especially sometimes you witness and witness and witness, and seemingly no one gets saved, and you wonder, you wonder if it's worth if you accomplishing anything. You might as well set up the house. And, uh, uh, you know... But uh, there's a job to be done. And, uh, you know, I've come too far to quit now. I'm just going to stay with it, I think. 
if God will help me. I'm, I always realize, you know, Peter said, Lord, I'll do this and do that, but he didn't. I realize it's possible, you know, it's possible for me to fail. I don't want to fail, but I might. You pray for me. Brother Scott's gone now, so that leaves me alone. But God will raise up somebody else. I hope he'll raise up several. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, to help carry the load and help do the job and, and uh, uh, help, help in this matter of, of keeping the faith. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. And I have kept the faith. He said, I've kept it. I, have, I hadn't given in. I've stayed with it. I've kept the faith. And I don't, you know, again, I don't know what tomorrow holds and I don't know what next week holds and I don't know where I may be, you know. But thank God up to this point, you know, I've tried to stay with it. And during that time, I've seen multitudes start and quit. But the Bible said there's no discharge in this war. <laughs> you don't serve two or three or four years and get out, you know. This is a lifetime commitment. There's no discharge. There's no place to quit. There's no place to throw in the towel. Again, if we're at war, you know, uh, when you're at war, it's just like uh, on the battlefield. And anybody that's ever been on the battlefield, they know that, uh, uh, you know, a person says, you know, I, I, like, I like a month's leave. <laughs> well, that's tough. <laughs> we're at war. You know, there is no leaves. <laughs> Until this battle's over. And, you know, we've got eternity uh, to take care of those things. So, we need to stay with it, fight the good fight, finish the course, and keep the faith. And then the, the last thing in verse 8, Henceforth there is laid it for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing now. Uh, when does the crown come? The crown comes after the fight's been fought, after the war, after the work, after the witnessing, the fight, the finishing, the faith, then the festivities or the wedding uh, in staying with the Fs and the Ws, you know. Uh, the wedding and the time when we meet the Lord. And you know it ought to be our desire it ought to be the number one desire of our heart to be able to meet him and hear him say, Well done, thy good and faithful service, servant. And may not, you know, may not be able to say we were successful as far as the world's concerned and say thy good and successful servant, but thy good and faithful servant. And everybody in this building tonight can be faithful. Everybody doesn't have the same abilities. But everybody can be, you know, you, you can be as faithful as I can. I can be as faithful as you can. I may not be able to accomplish as much. I can't sing like some of these folks. I can't sing like any of you. <laughs> I can't sing at all. <laughs> so I don't even try. And I haven't tried lately, you know. I've thought about it, say, well, maybe, maybe my voice has changed. and I, You know, I could do better now. I don't know. But... Uh, Anyway, the Lord, I'm kind of like uh, Lester Roloff, you know. Uh, sometime he is on key and sometime he is off key. And someone went to him and said, Brother Roloff, y'all just stick to preaching. Quit trying to sing. He said, the Lord likes my singing just fine. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, uh, anyway, 
I like to hear him sing, and because I think his heart was in it. And, uh, but turn to Revelation 19. Uh, thank God for the wedding day. The wedding day, the festivities. And in the Jewish marriage, that's what it was, really. It was, it was a festival time. You have the, of course, the espousal period or the betrothal period. The engagement would compare. It was different in, in uh, our engagement. People get engaged and sometimes break the engagement, and that's, that kind of ends everything. And in those days, an engagement was a legal contract. And uh, so there was that period. Then it lasted around a year or something like that, sometimes longer. But uh, then there was the actual marriage ceremony. And then there was the festivities. And that's, that, you read several places in the Bible about that. Matthew 25 talks about it, among others, about uh, the celebration and the, the time, the festival time. And let's read here in Revelation 19. Uh, of course, we're going to be united to the Lord and we're going to have a thousand-year honeymoon. Verse 7, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. And that's unusual. Every marriage I've ever had, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the groom and the preacher and, and uh, you know, the best man usually, they're stuck over somewhere hid over in the corner. And they come out and, and uh, you know, People come down the aisle, then here comes the bride. Boom, 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 here comes the bride. And all the honor goes to her, really. And that's all right. You know, she's all decked out and pretty. And let us be glad and rejoice. But notice here, let's be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. Not to her, to Him. And that's Jesus. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Oh, what would a marriage be without something to eat? <laughs> the marriage supper of the Lamb. Ah... Uh, and uh, this is going to be an exciting time. Notice, they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. In Matthew 25, he talks about the virgins there. Uh, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. That's not the bride. We're not going to meet him. We're going to marry him. <laughs> They're the guest. Here's the guest. You say, who's the guest? Guess all them prophets of the Old Testament, all them saints of God of the Old Testament, all those tribulation saints, all them's against you. You read about John the Baptist. He's one of them. The Lord talked about him being one of them. And, uh, uh, but anyway, we have the, the festivities and uh, the rewarding day. And when we are uh, joined to the Lord, and of course, not literally in a physical sense. We know that. It's talking about a spiritual sense here. And we shall ever be with the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And, uh, you know, of course the relationship of a man and his wife is supposed to portray that relationship between Christ and the church. And we're going to be eternally joined to Him forever. And wherever, uh, you know, people say, where's the church going to be? Where are we going to be when this? When the world, the earth burns up and the heavens are dissolved. Where are we going to be? We're going to be with Jesus. 
wherever he's at, we'll be with him. And you say, how are we going to survive? That's the least of my worries. If God could put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through a fire and not even get the smell of smoke on me, I ain't worried at all about that. <laughs> are you? <laughs> I'm not worried the least. Uh, God's going to take care of it. You don't have to spend any, waste any sleep thinking about that. When this earth's on fire and the heavens are on fire and everything blows, you know, is dissolved and all that's taking place, we'll be safe in the arms of Jesus. And we shall ever be with the Lord. So we're going to be joined to him. And he said, there's a crown of righteousness. There's a rewarding day. Paul said, one of these days is going to be worthwhile. Don't quit. That's what he's saying. Stay with it. And I'll make it worthwhile for you. Now Matthew 24, 44 said, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Matthew 25, 10, that I referred to, they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Again, it's talking about the guest and the primary interpretation. We make application of that scripture. But uh, uh, he's, uh, he warns and says to be ready. And to be ready. And we need to be ready. We need to be fighting the good fight. Stay in the battle. Finish the work. Don't quit till you're finished. You know, that's good philosophy. And we, you know, you start something, finish it. Finish the job. Stay with it till it's finished. And then keep the faith. Keep sharing the good news of this book to others that need to know. And one of these days, it'll be all rewarded. We meet the Lord. Let's bow our heads, please.